Space is that critical ingredient that's necessary for all the other right things mm -hmm. to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, for relationships to grow, yeah. they have to have space. And same thing with our own internal lives, our own sense of purpose. It all, it's kind of like this core foundational mm -hmm. ingredient is we have to have space for those things to happen. And the world's doing everything it can to crowd that out. Welcome to Let's Be Real, a completely honest, entirely practical conversation about how to live our lives with freedom, purpose, and abundance. Popular author and communicator Nicole Yunus brings her 20 years of experience as a counselor, pastor, and coach to a real conversation about the tricky questions and tough decisions in life, and how to find clarity in action no matter what obstacle you may face. Have a topic to suggest or a tricky situation you need help with? We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email or voice memo to Nicole at NicoleEunice.com. We might feature you on the show. And now here's your host, Nicole Eunice. Welcome, Tommy. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm glad that we get to spend a little time together. This is really fun. <laughs> so guys, Tommy, I'm really excited to introduce you to Tommy Thompson. Um, I've known Tommy for a long time, and he is really a mentor to me and so many others just in the way that he lives his life, the way he opens his home with his family, and really just um, as often as the case when you're in community with people, even if you don't spend a ton of time one-on-one, -on -one, you just pick up um, experiences through other people's lives. And so Tommy and I have gotten to connect over the years, first through ministry. We were doing ministry together at a church, then through his children as I was sort of around young adults and now through writing. And so we get to talk about Tommy's first book today called Space to Breathe Again. And for those of you guys who have been following along with me for a while, this is the same guy who wrote the final chapter in The Struggle is Real, where he talked about his experiences with losing his daughter, Perrin. So if you guys want to make all those connections, here they are. So for those people, they already love you. And they already know you. <laughs> so. uh, well, that, that's pretty great. I don't think I quite qualify as a, a mentor for you, but I, I hey, appreciate it. I'm the one who gets to decide that. That's the thing. Okay. Mentees get to decide who their mentors are. But well, yes. I at least qualify by age. <laughs> you do. Yes, for sure you do. Yes. But yeah, I mean, let me let me say why you're a mentor, Tommy. I think like like I said, when people have more life experience than you and you get to experience them living a life that's faithful and joyful, truly, that's what I feel like I've mm. seen in you, even and especially through pain, you pay attention to their life. You just, they have wow. like, you want to give them space to speak into your life because I'm like, that's the kind of person that I want to become. So my husband, Dave, and I both feel that way. So um, uh, thank we, you. I'm really glad to have you on the show and introduce you to a whole gr new group of people um, through the work that you've done. And I love when people write their first book, because to me, it means it's like the most passionate message, even though I know there'll be more books to come. It's like your first and most passionate love. And you've written a book about creating space and margin in your life. So I'm guessing that there's a reason why this is such a passion for you. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. In in a lot of ways, it's such a passion because I have such a hard time doing it. Yeah. Well, that's you know, the, we're the best teachers when we're not good at things. Like, yeah, ex exactly. So, you know, the, the lessons that I write about, uh, that I feel so strongly about are 30 year old lessons for me. Mm. So, you know, at a stage of life, 
you know, back in the early 30s when I thought I could do everything. Yeah. I'd been told by my mom, you could do anything you uh-huh. set your mind to. And so I believed that. So I was trying to do everything. And they were good things. All that I was doing Mm -hmm. was running multiple businesses at the time. You know, we were starting our family at the time. I was involved in every aspect under the sun at church. Uh And I was doing all of these good things. And eventually, the more I kept on trying to do whatever came onto my plate in terms of a good opportunity, the more I started to drown Mm. under all of that. And the more I got to the point where... I was exhausted and I was miserable, Mm. except when I had to put on the good face. How long did it take for you to actually realize that you were exhausted and miserable? I think, you know, in um, the years 89, 90, when our business uh, enterprises were kind of exploding, went from one to four businesses, two in another area. That's when all of a sudden things started to just get so crazy for me. And in the midst of that, all all it needed was kind of one straw to break the camel's uh-huh. back. And that was one of our businesses started to to not do well. We started to go through a recession. Mm. That was when the first Gulf War was happening. And all of a sudden, all of the good things, and I thought that's what would happen because I was trying to do all good things started to go south. Oh man. And I had no no margin, no space for things to not go extremely well. But you actually said at first there wasn't space for something to go really well either. Like the businesses went well and then that created stress. Like there wasn't margin for anything to, you know, become what you wanted it to be. And then they right. went down. Yeah, but I ne- I never considered that too much of a good thing could still be too much. Yeah. And so I just kept on going. I kept on pushing. And I thought, you know, if I can just be a little bit more disciplined, if I can be a little stronger, if I can uh, just drive a little bit harder, then I just have to learn to manage things better. I kept on thinking, I just need to work a little bit harder to be everything everybody wants me to be. And I, I just realized, I never realized that. I had a capacity issue. Mm. Well, and it sounds like you were pushing on the wrong levers. Like you kept on pushing on the wrong actual solution. So how did you come around? I mean, because that is such a trap is that all I've got to do is manage differently. All I've got to do is get, and there's just happiness around the next corner. There's peace around the next corner. I mean, that is a trap, but how do you get out of that trap? Well, for me, it was kind of two pronged. One, I hit bottom. I mean, I can remember vividly, uh, so vividly mm. right now, lying in bed one night when it felt like everything was imploding on me. Mm. And I'd never had an issue of not being able to handle mm. whatever was put in front of me. And all of a sudden, I had this problem and I thought, it's all going to fall apart. Mm. The business is going to fall apart. I'm miserable. I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. Yeah. And I, I, couldn't believe I was saying that to myself and feeling it happen at the moment. So I, all of a sudden, I knew it's too much. I, 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 something's got to change. Mm. And that was right at the point that I ran into, and I can't even remember, you know, under what circumstances, uh, Richard Swenson's book, Margin. Uh huh. It's a great book. And it was the first time that I'd 
ever heard anybody in either the, you know, self-improvement world mm-hmm. or in the Christian world suggest that having less was actually the path to abundance. Mm. And I'd never considered that thought before. I considered that our job was to find the abundant life and to do everything and sacrifice whatever for God. And so I kept on going. And so the combination of hitting bottom where I knew I needed help and then running into that book where all of a sudden I got a glimpse of what help could look like was what it took. Well, and it's it's interesting because I think that any of our listeners right now would be like, of course I want that. Like, of course I want to experience that. What do you think it is that keeps people from actually, like it, when, when we're talking about a thing that sounds good, but then we don't do it, what do you think it is that keeps us from just making the calls, saying no, you know, whatever, whatever it is that we need to change? Well, I think... I think a lot of what we need to do is much more countercultural than we realize. Uh-huh. You know, we've kind of merged this whole American dream and Christian walk into one seamless type of thing. Mm-hmm. We don't realize that there's a difference. I think that's one of the things that is the problem. I think, and, and maybe I would say that would apply, probably apply outside of faith as well. Is I, I just love what you said. Is you, we don't realize how countercultural this actually is, meaning we are swimming in a very swift current that's exactly. selling like a very different message. No matter what you believe about life or faith, we're all in that current. It's totally true, and and everybody, Christian and people who aren't people of faith are all choking under this. We're all drowning, and we don't even know why that's happening. And I I think the second factor is that, and I learned this really early on back in 90, is that it's much harder than we think. Mm. So, you know, I thought at first when I read the book Margin, oh, I know the answer. Mm -hmm. You know, I know what I need (laughs) to do now. So... Everything's going to change. And I didn't realize how hard it was (laughs) to begin to change these things and to begin to push against the culture, which keeps on wanting to add more and more into the place and to create some space and some quiet in my life. You know, uh, quiet is really loud. Mm Mm-hmm. And creating space, the other word for it is it's empty. Yeah. And so these things, I found out that there's things going on inside of me that was the resistance Mm. of why this was so hard to do. Mm. And because it was so hard, it then required a lot of new habits. Mm. It required a lot of diligence. It required internal struggle with myself and in relationships and with God. So it turned everything upside down and that was hard. And so I think a lot of people are looking for quick fixes. Yeah. You know, the easy formula sure. for how you can make this happen. Well, it sounds like that's almost what you were doing when you were like, I'll just manage it. I just need to I just need to manage it differently. You know, that's a kind of a quick fix mentality. Exactly. And and I I hear the language of it all the mm-hmm. time in terms of you know, people who are exhausted, but they're just trying to find the easy way out of that. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to rest. Yeah. 
You have to create space. And so I realized that over these last 30 years, particularly, that space is that critical ingredient that's necessary for all the other right things mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, for relationships to grow, yeah. they have to have space. For our relationship with God, so many people are, you know, they want a relationship with God and they're wondering why it isn't happening. And it's not happening because they're not giving more than two or five minutes a day to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, what relationship is going to grow that right, way? Right. And same thing with our own internal lives, our own sense of purpose. It all, it's kind of like this core foundational mm-hmm. ingredient is we have to have space for those things to happen. And the world's doing everything it can to crowd that out. Hey, you guys, I am super excited to introduce you to a tool that has absolutely changed the way that I've been dealing with my workflow and with the people that I work with. It's called Sunsama. And they are the official sponsor of this episode. Sunsama is a productivity tool that helps you get more done by integrating all the other tools that you already love. (laughs) Truly, like when I started using it, I couldn't believe that I had finally found that thing that would integrate my calendar, my email, my Trello, which is where I kind of keep all my projects going, and that I could just focus one day at a time and have this intuitive tool that rolls over my tasks from day to day, that gets me focused, that helps me understand how I'm using my time, and literally just is like a babysitter of productivity, like keeping me on track day after day. I have felt so freed up since starting to use Sinsama because I'm not losing track of what I'm trying to accomplish and I'm actually able to make sure that the big things that really matter aren't sort of pushed out by all of these little niggling tasks that often I find myself defaulting to doing even when I know I want to do the bigger things. Sunsama is spelled S-U-N-S-A-M-A. And if you go to their website, you can get a free trial. It's so easy to get started. And I've absolutely loved using it not only for myself, but also for my team. If you are a developer, if you lead a team, if you are an entrepreneur, definitely check it out because it is changing my life. Well, I mean, and you give tons of like tips and kind of ways in the book for anyone that this is resonating with, but I love when I have my guests on the show to actually coach me. So I'm going to share a little bit about what's hard right now with me. And I'd love for you to, just because we're in very different seasons of life. And of course the immediate, my immediate like reaction to what you're saying is it sounds good, but if you understood my life, you would know like that's an impossible thing. So, so here, here we go. So I want you to coach me a little bit. So I am... A mom of three teenagers, we're in a global pandemic, they are all homeschooled. My husband is now also home. The kitchen, literally, I think we run the dishwasher three times a day. Like the level of exhaustion on the amount of like chores that need to be done, then I'm managing a business, I have commitments with clients and with publishing and all the other things and the way that I'm doing ministry and all this. And it just feels like an endless dirge of like work. So it doesn't feel like I don't see any places that I have space to make space. Right. So what do I do when that's what if like, how would I start evaluating like what could be different when it feels like I'm just dealing with like family demands. I can't not be people's mom and wife. Yeah. 
Yeah. Know? And it's great. And I actually love the question <laughs> uh, because I think you're in one of the busiest, most overwhelming stages of life. I mean, you would think teenagers would be less, but they're more because they're like my daughter, you know, I never thought I could want someone to get a driver's license more than I wanted my first kid to get a driver's license. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, when's she going to get the license? Because I'm dry every, every afternoon driving for hours, sure. waiting around. Like there's just, it's sure. so, it's not my space. Does that make sense? Like there's weird space, but it's not space that I'm cultivating or, you Well, know. You're, you're managing, you know, a bunch of other people's space. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm responsible. And yeah. they're taking their space is taking up my space. Yeah. How rude of them. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they? Yeah. No. So the you know, the first thing, like if, if we were doing this as a coaching, I'd say you have to give yourself a lot of grace. Mm. In this season, there are seasons that we enter into in which creating space is incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. So and it's in, not always it's not always the same kind of hard to do. <laughs> no, no, it, it, and it does. It goes through different iterations. Mm -hmm. If we don't do the things inside of us, then we'll make every season crowded. Mm. But some seasons are really crowded. Yeah. Like right now, I mean, you know, launching a book, you know what it's like. Yeah. It's a crowded season, yeah. and it's been a crowded couple of months for me. Sometimes creating space is so that you can survive the the seasons when things are really crazy. So almost like looking at it as a long-term mentality versus I got to fix it this week. Is that Or if I can't fix it then I must be too weak. Mm, you know. So yeah. it's it's a season I think particularly that you have to give yourself a lot of mm. grace. In the midst of that, I think there are some things that you can do that can begin to leak into mm. the craziness. Mm -hmm. So one that I talk about that I think is extremely difficult in today's culture, but I believe so strongly in it, is practicing the Sabbath. Mm. So if we begin to have one day a week, even a half day, if that's where you have to yeah. start, but one period of time where we stop doing, mm -hmm. where we stop working, where we focus on rest, we focus on self-care, mm -hmm. we focus on the relationships, then that becomes that refuge that we know is coming once a week. Mm. And in my really, really busy stages, which I've had some recently, it's like, I can't wait. Thank God it's Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. You know, it's, it's that because with one day, I can survive the other six mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. But so many people are trying to survive without ever getting a break. Mm -hmm. So one of the very first things that Weezy and I did when we hit this bottom of the mm. barrel is when it didn't seem possible, we began practicing the Sabbath. Mm. And that like, was such a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. It began to change our perspective on everything. So that's like one thing I would say is just like, I know it's hard. We don't have to do it perfectly. Mm -hmm. But if we just begin and lean into some form of Sabbath in our life, and for people who preach a lot like you do, mm -hmm. it may not be a Sunday. Right. It might be another day. But sometime that we Sabbath. And what do you, what is, how would you define like what is, what is and isn't in that space? For me, what 
what I try to be very attentive to and what I suggest for others is anything that I would do on that day that in my mind qualifies as work. Okay. So, so you're, you're, yeah, you're like making your own definition based I'm, on those things. And I am. And I'm, yeah. and I'm not saying that that's necessarily great, but I know emails, obviously. Right. I know social media can be work or at least can be obsessive to the degree yeah. that it gets there. I stay away from certain books, even though I love reading. Mm-hmm. I do reading that's only relaxing. I've noticed that I've me. needed to do that as well. I will be on those days and I'll think, no. I'm the reason I'm reading this book is for work. I'm not reading this book for fun. And I, I have to re I don't realize it at first. So there's a self-awareness piece of even just gently asking that question. Exactly. What does this feel like? Even realizing that there are relationships that might feel a little bit more like work. Um, or, you know, you and I both coach and mentor for our like passion. And so sometimes you have to ask the question, wait, Am I just met, like, is this a mentoring relationship? In which case, like, I might need a, to take a pause as well on right. this day. From that. Exactly. So I try to be pretty vigilant about doing things and taking the time to rest mm-hmm. on that day. So th- the other thing I think I would throw in in the really busy seasons is find the places that you can insert uh, small pauses mm. into your life and small little increments of quiet. Mm. I think speed and noise are more a habit than a need. Mm. And so even in the very busy times, Mm -hmm. I actually double down on slowing down. Mm -hmm. So I work to arrive a couple minutes early. Mm -hmm. I work to drive a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. I'm more intentional about cutting off the radio. So the busier and the crazier it gets, the more I move towards slow and quiet. Mm. And that's something we can do regardless of how busy we are. That's a good one, yeah. We can throw in those few moments of just pausing, taking some deep breaths. Those little things can add up to slow us down and calm us down. I'm just remembering being a mom with three little kids and the moms with three little kids right now who are like, oh, I wish I could have this quiet in the car. But what I used to do is tell my kids, we're going to listen to one worship song and then you can listen to your whatever, like whatever we were going to move to next, just because it was kind of like teaching, hey, we're taking turns, first of all. Second of all, like this is what I need to. Right. And we can, you know, you can wait on whatever the DVD or music or whatever it is that is so incessantly noisy. Like little kids, it's just so full, you know, of noise. And it's so true. So, I mean, you you get it totally. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a phrase that Patricia Clark showed me from the book of Hebrews, and it's it's in our small group study study guide, but she talks about working at rest. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to do, particularly the busier it gets. We have to work. We have to create more intentionality, more creativity to find out how to pause, how to slow down, how to put aside our distractions Mm -hmm. like our phones. We have to be more diligent because if we don't, we will get swept aside by the tide. Yeah. Well, and I love that you mentioned the small group guide because I think particularly for this kind of life change, one of the best ways to do that is with friends. Because the ability to challenge one another 
to take that Sabbath or to make those spaces and report kind of in with each other in a small group setting. So you guys have a small group guide, right? On, yes. your, on your website. We'll put that in the show notes as well. And that's a free, a free download. Free download. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Well, um, Tommy, as we're kind of wrapping up, I'd love to ask you, can you share one or two things that you've learned through the practice of making space that you don't think that you would have known without, without this? One thing that I I would share, because I, I, I feel now so strongly, wasn't on the front end. On the front end, this was all about survival. Uh-huh. But one of the things that I've realized is that creating space is the pathway to purpose. Mm. That counterintuitively, we, we don't create space just so we can have an easier, more comfortable life. I think certainly you, but I feel like in my own life, I'm living more into the purpose Mm. and the impact that God would have for me by creating space. Mm -hmm. And so I think our speed and our noise is is, uh, diluting the purpose that Mm -hmm. God would mean for us to have. Mm. And so it's been so exciting. It's like I keep on adding more and more space. And the more I do, the more I find that I'm leaning into the unique purpose that God would have for me. And I think that is exciting. Yeah. I mean, and that, I mean, for those of you guys listening, taking that leap, you know, to believing on the other side of the hard work of, right, the internal struggle of what it is that is making you stay so busy. Like there's a reason behind it, as well as like you said, the habits, taking that leap to actually recognize that on the other side of that can be more clarity and a deeper sense of meaning and purpose in life, as opposed to just a reactive, like, uh, like I said, a nonstop dirge of chores and work, which comes in some seasons, but over a lifetime, having an effort made in this direction is so helpful. So Tommy, thank you for writing this. I know there's always, oh gosh, there's so much that goes into making a book happen. And I I am just really praying that it reaches lots and lots of folks and helps so many people find space to breathe again. Perfect title. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Be Real with Nicole Eunice. We'd love to hear from you. Have a topic to suggest or a tricky situation you need help with? Send us an email or a voice memo to Nicole at NicoleEunice.com and we may feature you on the show. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode.